Chapter 7 A Spark of Aspiration Klaus's Mercedes continued down the road, with Herman gazing at the SS flag on the hood of the car, which was standing still in the wind in defiance of it. He gazed at this until a big truck made a wide right turn ahead of them from the opposite side of the road. Like everyone who'd come of age in what was known as the Austro-Hungarian Empire, Herman learned how to drive on the left-hand side of the road, and he continued driving this way through all his years in pre-war Czechoslovakia. It was so ingrained in him that, when I was growing up, I often had to remind him to move our car into the right lane, and more than once we only narrowly escaped certain death. But at the time he left Theresienstadt, Hermann was particularly not accustomed to seeing vehicles drive on the right-hand side of streets. So he flinched at the sight of the truck barreling toward them, thinking it would surely smash into and over them. But it didn't. Instead, it made its way into the right lane as if this were the most normal thing. At the beginning of the occupation, Hermann had been startled by how it had taken the Germans only a few days to make an entire country drive on the opposite side of the road. But now it was even more startling to see how fast they had made it part of everyone's nature. It was startling to see just how easily an entire nation had conformed to the will of another. Hiding from this, Hermann found himself returning to his past and the day he met Klaus in the dorm room they shared more than 20 years earlier. Klaus made no reply to Hermann's greeting in their doorway, or even acknowledged he was there. He just kept doing those push-ups in his underwear. Up and down he went, as if he were racing against something unseen, and Hermann wondered if he was perhaps afraid of coming to a rest, and what might happen if he did. Not knowing what else to do, Herman introduced himself. While Klaus didn't say anything in return, he did respond. He did a dramatic backflip to his feet, and with a big toothy smile he approached Herman and shook his hand with a firm but moist grip. Seeing confusion fall across Klaus's face, Herman asked, What's wrong? Nothing, Klaus replied, with his confusion having turned into dismay. I just wasn't expecting. You did know that I was Jewish, Herman mumbled with sudden fright, as he had seen Klaus's expression many times before and knew that it never preceded anything positive. Oh, it's not that, Klaus insisted with a dismissive wave. It's just that I was expecting from everything I had read about you. Expecting what, Herman uttered. You know, Klaus told him with a grin, that you'd be a big giant warrior. Looks can be deceiving, Herman told him back with his own grin. Did you bring your medals? Klaus excitedly asked, as he gawked at Herman, much like how people today gawk at celebrities. It really was nothing, Herman maintained, while I bet expressing all kinds of embarrassment and hoping they could quickly change the subject. He expressed his embarrassment whenever anyone broached the subject, including me. Even worse, just the mentioning of the war was enough for the sounds to return, 
the deafening sounds of gunfire and screaming coming from all directions, especially from him. They were sounds that refused to end or even pause. I serve too, you know, Klaus went on, causing the sounds to finally stop ringing in Herman's ears. I could tell by your shorts, Herman replied while pointing at them. Though I didn't serve on the front lines, Klaus noted. You were lucky then, Herman noted back, after sitting on his bed while wishing he had been so lucky. It's strange how many freshmen here are in their twenties, Klaus continued, clearly unaware of Herman's discomfort. Some of the seniors are pushing thirty, and some of the doctoral candidates, some of them will be pensioners before they get their degrees. Both men chuckled at this, and Klaus took off his shorts and asked, You like beer? I think it's gone well past like, answered Herman. How about joining me and my new girlfriend at Uslata Hotigra tonight, Klaus asked next, after grabbing a towel off a closet door and wrapping himself with it. Could we do it some other time, Herman commented, while likely expressing embarrassment once again. What's wrong, Klaus said. Nothing, Herman said back. It's just that I need to find a job first. You have no money, gasped Klaus. Sure, I have money, Herman asserted. Just not a whole lot of it. I thought you people were all rich, Klaus remarked. Unfortunately, it's not so, Herman remarked back. You don't know how much I wish it were. Well, Klaus uttered, the wrestling club needs a manager. I'm already the captain, so consider the job yours if you want it. That would be terrific, Herman blurted out, unable to control his excitement. And I'll front you some money until then, Klaus added. I couldn't let you do that, Herman argued while shaking his head. You can and will, Klaus argued back. You're coming out with me and Anna tonight and I won't listen to another word. Herman smiled at this, though as he watched Klaus march to the front door of their room, and while trying to hide his envy of him, he called out, You have a girlfriend already? Klaus responded by coming to a stop, and he turned back to Herman with another grin and told him, I'm only surprised that it took me so long. He further pointed to a bureau by his bed and mentioned, Her picture's over there. Klaus afterward left the room, but Herman barely noticed. While feeling all kinds of strange and conflicting thoughts, he told himself that he wasn't going to look at the picture of Anna. He even added that it didn't matter what she looked like and that she had nothing to do with him. But slowly he made his way toward the big wooden bureau and the picture on top of it, which was turned slightly from him. Something about it both enticed and excited him, and this only increased the closer he got to it. Finally, he was in reach. While feeling just a flicker of hesitation, he grabbed the frame and looked at the image of a 19-year-old woman who had her dark flaxen hair styled in the kind of bob that was popular everywhere at the time. He would tell me that it was an image that made all of Prague seemed bland and ordinary in comparison. It wasn't Anna's beauty that swept Herman off his feet, though from the pictures Viera showed me of her, she was indeed beautiful. 
What swept him off his feet was this spark she had in her eyes. Never had he seen anything so aspirational. He realized from her photograph alone that Anna was the kind of woman who could lead a man towards something bigger than himself. He realized, too, that this was something he desperately wanted. Again, Herman returned to the Mercedes, and he saw that the image of Anna had been replaced by another. The golden city, as Prague is known, was on the horizon. He saw, too, that Klaus was waking. He was waking with a face full of fright, and the sight of the city didn't ease this a bit. It only made it worse. But the same couldn't be said of Herman. Seeing the city, like on his first day there, he felt a strange aspiration, even if he didn't know for what.'